0: You are the root of David. You are the bright and morning star. You are holy. This is our God. May he get all the glory. Amen. We are diving into our last in the series of revelation. I can't even believe I'm saying those words. Last in all of the series of revelation we've walked through. I started studying probably. It's about 14 months ago now is when I started going through this and getting prepped, beginning to put some outlines together, figuring out the series breakdowns, and we got the three series put together. And being able to then get the outlines put together for those details and all of the reading plans, working with my wife on that, and just putting so many of these details together, impact group questions, the graphics. Like, it's been awesome to see what God's been doing over a 14-month period as we have walked through one of God's huge promises to the church. I am coming again. May Jesus Christ get all the glory. And all of God's people said, Amen, man. This is a huge moment that Jesus is promising us with all he's got that we can count on him and we can trust in him. Basically, Jesus said, I'll be back. Just let it settle. Some of you are still figuring out the old movie statement there, but he is, he's coming back, Jesus returning with all he's got, Jesus with all authority and all power, and as we dive in here today, we're walking into the last piece of Revelation 22, and uh, so turn with me, if you will, to Revelation 22, starting in verse 14, Revelation 22, starting in verse 14, and uh, we're going to walk through the close here, the celebration of Jesus coming again, all right? So as you turn there, point number one, praise God that we can experience perfect, satisfying, eternal life with Jesus. Praise God that we can experience perfect, satisfying, eternal life with Jesus. So as we start reading in verse 14, he says, blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life. And that they may enter the city by the gates. Let's just hold right there. He says, Blessed are those who are washed their robes. Blessed. Like this is that massive pouring on of the blessing of God, the greatness of God, the grace of God. God pouring on what we don't deserve that's blessing. God lavishing on what we don't deserve. And he says, Blessed, receiving massively are those who wash their robes. And uh, earlier in Revelation, you see the wash their robes in the blood of Jesus. This trust and hope in Jesus Christ. Our robes are washed, not by us just trying to be really good. Everybody say, not that. Dude, it isn't that. Our robes are washed because Jesus Christ came first, and he died on the cross, and he rose again. Jesus Christ He died and he rose, he is our hope. He has died to cover our sins. And so as we believe in him, as we trust in him, it's like our robes are being washed and cleansed. It's a purifying statement that is made. You know, in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, when you came into the presence of the temple, you had to take a moment to have your robes washed, you had to go through a mikveh getting your body washed, There was this massive washing statement every single time you came in. Here's the hope we have. When we trust in Jesus Christ, we are washed once and forever good. May God get all the glory. Jesus doing a work that will forever cleanse me and allow me to be in his presence. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, he said, blessed are those who have washed their robes. Everybody say saved. He's like, blessed are those who are saved, who are trusting in Jesus. Well, how are they blessed? He says, so that they may have the right to the tree of life. The tree of life, we were told in the last couple of weeks, as we've seen details of New Jerusalem and the unfolding. And last week, the tree of life, very specifically being that which brings healing. Right? It says the leaves that bring healing to the nations. Right, The nations being all of those who wrestle with sin, all humanity, from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people. But there's a healing that can happen. And as we get to partake of the tree of life, there will be life eternal given. It is a symbol of the eternal life that God is giving, and it is an amazing lavishing on. He talks about the 12 fruits, the luscious fruit, one each month that just will explode on the tree of life. And the fact that we get to take part in that and share in that, to enjoy in that, to enjoy the flavors, to enjoy the blessing, and to enjoy God giving eternal life forever. For those who are saved, for those who trust in Jesus, life forever with him. May God truly be praised the whole time. Us celebrating him getting the glory, massively satisfying as we get to taste of and eat of and experience the blessing of the tree of life. One of those blessings, forever life with our God. Everybody say forever. Forever. That's the point, right? And then he says in the second part, and that they may enter the city by the gates. By the gates, that's a super important little phrase there. That they may enter the city. He's like you're not climbing over the wall, like a robber or a thief or a murderer. You're not coming in unwelcome. No, you're welcomed in through the open gates. Like if you are saved, if you believe in Jesus, if you trust him as your Lord, the privilege you will have is to be able to walk in and out of the new city of Jerusalem, welcomed constantly into the blessing and glory of God just beaming forth. A massive welcoming statement. We get the privilege of forever being welcomed into the very presence of God. It says last week in the passage we looked at, we get to see Him face to face, nothing held back. Welcomed in, gates open, may God get all the glory. Like you are truly welcomed into the presence and the warmth and the love and the community and the power. And the worship and the absence of evil forever. Blessed are those who are trusting in Jesus Christ. And this broken world will be done, and God will be in charge. And all of God's people sad. Huge deal. Then he talks about what's outside. He said, Outside. Are the dogs and the sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters outside, like not a part of the new heaven and the new earth and the new Jerusalem, are those who are known for their sin, those who have chosen to say no to Jesus Christ, and they're going after self forever. And that we've been told clearly there will be a judgment element. There is the lake of fire, of forever separated away. That's where they're outside at, is in the lake of fire. Notice it said outside are the dogs, right? And what's the meaning of that? I know some of you are like, you're cat lovers, and you're like, I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's not what it means. Everybody say, not that. No, man, in, in the uh, original times, dogs were not pets that you named and put little collars on. Dogs were kind of animals that took over ground. They were pests, if you will, and they would steal and they would tear apart and they would kill sheep and dogs were really not to be trusted and they were tearing apart in the community along the way. And so dogs really representative of those who were trying to tear apart the church Those who would not stand for Jesus Christ, those who were against God and against what he stood for, dogs in general, right? Unbelievers, if you will. It says, and sorcerers. Just so you know, in the original language, the word there is the word that we use for pharmacy, pharmacology, right? This is going after trying to get into the black arts, witch stuff, if you will, that kind of that black magic element, and going through using drugs as a part of the inducement of it. And that's the word that's built in here. So it's a poor use of drugs and a poor use of worship, sorcerers. It says, and the sexually immoral, those who are going after any kind of sexual relationship outside of the one man, one woman marriage relationship right? Sexual immorality is anything outside of one man, one woman in marriage. May God get all the glory. Ready? And all of God's people said, that's a big deal. And the world is not walking that way. But that is what God means as he speaks that through. The sexually immoral and the murderers and idolaters willing to take a life to get what they want and idolatry. I want me to be lifted up. Basically, ultimately, these are some of the sins listed that represent anybody who wouldn't choose Jesus Christ, and they're outside. They're ultimately in the lake of fire is where they're at, not a part of and not around. The gates of heaven, we're told, in New Jerusalem will never be closed. The day will be beaming all the time because light is actually God and His glory and His presence, and we're going to be welcomed into that. It is going to be stunning, beautiful, perfect, lush, glorious, and all of the pain and the sin, and those who choose sin will be outside of forever. Everybody say forever, and that's sobering, right? It says, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood, everyone who loves and practices falsehood, like for those who choose lying, and for those who choose to not stand with truth, they won't love and obey Jesus. They're loving and obeying their feelings, their self, whatever they want. That's what they're going after. There's a huge, huge problem. And, uh, you know, let's just be really careful on this. This is not saying that those in the church or believers never sin, right? Everybody say not that. We trip into sin. We fall into it. Lord, please forgive me. Right? Lord, I'm wrong for this. I lay this before you. Confession, repentance, and being done with sin, it's essential. Lord, you're in charge. I'm done with this. That's a huge piece. God, rock my world with who you are. For those who say, I never want to hear from Jesus, and I don't care what he thinks, and I'm going to do what I want. Man, please hear me as tenderly as I can. That's not saved do whatever I want, God. Please stop talking to me about what I need to change. Not that. It's like a sobering moment. All of those who will be outside of New Jerusalem are those choosing that approach. Jesus now begins to talk and he says, I, Jesus. Man, please hear me. This is our king speaking. May we listen up. He says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about the things for the churches to testify to you about these things like this is a huge moment he's like I want to make this clear the entire book of revelation i put it together it is the prophecy of me and i have sent an angel to bring it about and i am telling you i have unleashed the truth of all of heaven right before you and i want you to take this truth to the churches This is a massive call out that the statement of revelation is for the church across all ages. It's for us. It's that we might be stirred. It's that our passions might be lifted up. It's for worship, not for worry, right? Everybody say for worship, not for worry. Say it with me. For worship, not for worry. This is a promise to the church even of today, right here and now. It's for us. Everybody just say for us, that's the promise. Man, and anybody who takes on an approach to Revelation where they begin to say it was only for them, whoever them is, and push it away from the church throughout the church age, that is a massive miss. To say that this is already all done and over and this isn't about is a miss. This is about for the churches across all time, may God get all the glory. Christ bringing the hope that he is coming again. And all of God's people said, Amen. huge promise, man. He says that I have sent my angel to testify about it for the churches. God has a plan. May we lean on him. May we trust in him. May we count on him along the way. And then Jesus defines himself. He says, I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright And morning star. Why is he saying this? He's like, listen, I am the root and the descendant of David. Here's what he's saying I am the fulfillment of 2 Samuel 7, 12 and 13. You may want to write those verses down. 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 and 13. I am the fulfillment of the promise to David, the Davidic covenant, that through him would come one who will reign forever as king. I am that king. When Jesus says, I am the root and descendant of David, he's like, just so you know, I'm Messiah. I am the coming one who will fill all of the promises in full. May God get all the glory. And more than just 2 Samuel 7, he's also fulfilling Isaiah 11, verses 1 and 2. Isaiah 11, verses 1 and 2, which again say that the descendant of Jesse is going to come forward and is going to absolutely defend Israel and defend the rebellion, and shut down all of that evil. He's like, just so you know, I am that fulfillment. I am that promise. The Davidic covenant fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And more than that, he said, the bright and morning star. The bright and morning star. And and this is as much as what you'd think it would be, right? Have you ever gotten up early in the morning, and as you come out There's a few stars in the sky. The sun hasn't quite come up. And as the sun just starts to break the horizon and the light starts to go, all of a sudden, most of the stars disappear. But in fact, there's a few stars left that are a little brighter. And you can see those. And then it gets down to just one. In fact, that's usually the planet Venus that you're seeing. And it's the last bright star that's there in the morning. He is the bright and morning star. He's like, it doesn't matter what's shining. I'm bright. You're going to be able to see me. You're going to be able to know me. I am the light of this world. I am the fulfillment, and I am the hope, Jesus Christ. But more than that, when he says he is the bright and morning star, he's also the fulfillment of prophecy. In Numbers chapter 24, verses 16 and 17, this is when Balaam, not a good guy, Balaam was forced to prophecy by God. And as he prophesied, he ended up talking about a coming Messiah from Jacob who will rule and who will crush the enemies. He was talking about Jesus Christ. And he talked about him as a star that was coming. And another promise in Revelation chapter 2, verse 28, when the church at Thyatira is being talked to, they're told that there's going to be the privilege of being able to see the bright and morning star. Jesus is like, just so you know, I'm the fulfillment of it all. Just so you understand, I am king, and I will reign forever, and I will fulfill all Old Testament prophecy. It's all done in me. I am the Messiah, and I am the Alpha, and I am the Omega. It is in me that this is all brought to a close. May Christ get all the glory. May we lean on him. May we trust in him. May we count on him. In the midst of our walking in this world, may we see Jesus as our hope. Ready? And all of people said. man, man. So I was looking for an illustrate this week, ran into this. So there was a guy. He was out on a hike, uh, early morning hike, you know, sun just barely coming up. And as he's going out for this walk, he's enjoying the weather, the crisp Cool air, and he's enjoying the hike along. And he gets to the edge of a kind of a cliff area, and he's looking over down into this deep bottom and amazed. By the views, and as the sun is starting to come up, the shadows are starting to be pulled away, and he can start to see so much more, and he's just enjoying the view and some of the beauty of it all, and all of a sudden, the rocks under his feet just start giving way and break away, and he starts to slide and fall down this massive cliff, and as he's plummeting down, he's reaching out, he finally grabs onto a branch on his way down, and he's holding on for dear life, he's clinging for a while, he cries out, is anybody up there? And is anybody up there? He cried out a handful of times, and then a voice called back, I'm here. And he said, Who's up there? And he said, I am God Himself. And he said, Awesome, what's the plan? And he said, I've got you. Just let go. And the man said, Is anybody else up there? I don't. How often is that us in our lives? Man, God is the solution. And may we trust in him. And may we lean on him in the process. And in the midst of it, we're more happy leaning on ourselves. I'm going to try to have this. I'm going to cling with all I've got. I'm going to make this work for me. I, thanks, God, but let's see if I got it. Man, may we not come to God when it turns out that every avenue we've gone isn't working. Then we go to him. May we trust in Jesus Christ and cry out to him, the one who is the root and descendant of David, the Messiah King, the one who will rule forever, the one who is the bright and morning star, our almighty God. Ready? And all of God's people said. So simple question. How are you doing in your trust? How are you doing at saying Okay, Jesus, you speak and this world exists. You're in charge of my life. I'm putting you in charge. I let go. May you get all the glory. What does it look like in your family? What does it look like in your workplace for you to say, I worship Christ first and foremost? And nobody will take me off of that. What does it look like for you to be able to say, I stand with the king of the universe. He is coming again. No matter what you think, that's where I'm at. May God get all the glory. May we trust in Jesus and stand by him. May we praise him with all we've got. Ready? And all of God's people said. Point number two. Live a life that trusts these prophecies and cries out, come, Lord Jesus. Live a life that trusts these prophecies and cries out, come, Lord Jesus. It says, the spirit and the bride say, come. So the spirit, this means the Holy Spirit and the bride, the church. That's us, right? Everybody say, that's us. So he's like, the Holy Spirit and all of us crying out, come, come. Now, there are two thoughts on this. Some say this is talking to Jesus, saying, just come, Lord Jesus. But I will say that actually is said in a little bit. I'm thinking this may actually be more of an invitation out to the world. Come to Jesus Christ. And that's another option here. And uh, whichever way it goes, it's certainly an invite for us to get close to Jesus and Jesus close to us. But this is a crying out, come, come. And uh, the church and the Holy Spirit, I believe in an invite to the world. And it says, and let the one who hears say, come. Man, if you grasp what this word says, if you understand who our God is, then reveal it, show it, invite others to it. May God get all the glory. When he's talking about who hears, he means who hears the book of Revelation that we have just walked through. Man, when you walk Revelation 1 to Revelation 22... When you walk through the one who is Alpha and Omega, the one who is the Son of Man, the one who is in charge, the one who rules over it all, the one who has a plan and who will will unfold it. When you walk through those truths and you see that God has it in hand, come, come to Jesus. Trust this King. Trust Him with all you've got. It says, and let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. This is why I think it's probably evangelistic in nature. It's now saying, and for the one who thirsts, come and drink from Jesus, who is the living water. And let the one who is thirsty, the one who is longing for healing and for hope, for eternity, for no more pain and no more death. For the one who is thirsty, And is responding to the invite of his word. For the one who is hungering for Christ to be put in his rightful place. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. It says, let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Let him take the water of life. The living water. Jesus paid it all at the cross in his first coming. He has paid it on the cross. And because he has paid our debt can be done and over. It says it is free. You don't pay anything. Man, here's the deal we are not saved by our works, and we do not keep our salvation by our works. Our works are simply a thank you offering to our God. You are amazing. You are stunning. You have done this for me. I trust in you. It is free. Because Christ has paid what we could never pay. Not one of us could pay what is owed to be able to have eternal life. Not one. We all need a Savior, and His name is Jesus Christ. Ready? And all of God's people said, He said, Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Jesus is that water. He is the living water. John says that as he writes it in the Gospel of John. Jesus is the living water. Our hope that brings eternal life. Jesus is our lamb, our king, our warrior, our refresher. He transforms us one degree of glory at a time. May we drink of Jesus and rest in him all for God's glory. He ends up saying, this is an invite. Come to him. Trust in him. And then he says, I warn everyone. He's like, hang on and be careful. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. Man, if you have heard Revelation chapters 1 through 22 being read or preached, if you have read through it yourself, he's like, I am warning everyone who has heard the words of this prophecy, who knows and understands that God has a plan, that there's a future time coming all for him. He says, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And let that settle heavily. If anyone takes the prophecies of Revelation and goes, you know what? I think I'm just going to say that more is going to, it's going to also be this. I think you need to, I'm going to change it so that you need to understand it from my viewpoint and I say that He's like, be careful, and that's a strong sign. And when he says the plagues of this book, remember, he's talking about the seals and the trumpets and the bowls. He's talking about the sevens that were so thunderous and coming from God Almighty, this massive statement of the wrath of God coming down in this world. And he's like, be careful. Don't toy with this word. Take it as it is and share it out as it stands and don't add to it be cautious with that. Man, this is a huge warning statement. And then he even goes one step further. He says, and if anyone takes away from the words of the books of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He's like, just so you know, for those who actually start stealing away from the statements of this book, man, proof that you're not even saved. Like, I'm not going after what this thing says. I'm just telling you, I, I, I think that whole chapter you just need to remove. I think that whole statement about God being in charge, I think that's the second coming of Jesus. Come on. Like, as soon as you start dismissing, he's like, be careful, an indication that you're not even with me, for this is the prophecy of me as I thunder it forth. By the way, I'm just going to say this, a strong reasoning for why to go with the plain sense Read just to carefully manage God's word. What he says will be what it is. If the plain sense makes sense, don't look for any other sense, right? May God get all the glory. We're not adding to, we're not subtracting from, we're trying to let it stand as it is. May God truly get all the praise. That is a huge moment for us as we walk through a worship of him. He's like, just so you know, penalty for toying with it. And a removal of any ability to be saved. Basically, you've turned from Christ, you've stood away from him, you aren't a part of him, you've never been saved, and so there is absolutely no salvation there for. He's like, be cautious with toying with this word. And that is some heavy, heavy words. And it's always because it's all about God getting the glory, not us getting the glory. Ready? And all of God's people said. We got to be careful with that. He says um, at the end, he who testifies to these things, everybody say that's Jesus, right? He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Man, Jesus Christ, coming soon. We talked about that word soon, right? It has a meaning to it of quickness, of speed over time. It also can tend to take in kind of the context Right? And when we've been with Christ for billions of years, to look back and see it delaying by hundreds or maybe a couple thousand years, right? And that's the only delay. Man, that is soon, right? But we have Christ coming soon. He says, I am coming. And man, as you look at the details in Revelation, as you look at the world setting up towards a one world order, as you look at Israel being back as a nation physically, as you look at God beginning to move in this world and allow things to take place that we would be shocked anybody would go towards. Man, just hear this. Jesus Christ is coming soon. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. It's a huge deal. And notice what the answer is. I love that John wrote this. He's like, Jesus says, I am coming soon. John writes, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Like, that's his summary at the end of this book. He's seen it, and he writes it. amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Everybody just say, come, Lord Jesus, with all you got. Come, Lord Jesus. Louder, bigger. Come, Lord Jesus. Louder, bigger yet. Come, Lord Jesus. May God get all the glory. That's what we're going after. So here's what I'm going to ask. I'm gonna ask for you to go ahead and stand up right now, all right? And we're gonna bring this to a close here. And then we've got a couple of songs to sing as we go after it. We're gonna talk about that in just a second. So here we go. As we bring this to a close, I'm gonna read a phrase, and your job is to say, come Lord Jesus, with all you've got. So I'm gonna read a phrase, you say, come Lord Jesus, loud and big. Come Lord Jesus, Louder, bigger. Come, Lord Jesus. All right, here we go. I'm going to read you some names of Jesus Christ from the book of Revelation. And your job is to thunder this room with the privilege of being able to have him come. Here we go. You are the Son of Man. Come, Lord Jesus. You are Alpha and Omega. Come, Lord Jesus. You are Lamb of God. Come, Lord Jesus. You are Lion of Judah. Come, you are worthy. Come, Lord Jesus. You are King of kings. Come, Lord Jesus. You are Lord of lords. Come, Lord Jesus. You are the root of David. Come, Lord Jesus. You are the bright and morning star. Come, Lord Jesus. You are holy. Come, Lord Jesus. This is our God. May he get all the glory. Amen. 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 So here's our deal. We're going to bring it to a close with a little longer time of worship at the end. We've got a song and a half here. We're going to bring, and when we get done with that song and a half, our job is to lift the roof off this place like you have never done. Our job is to cry it out. Whatever names of Jesus rock you, whatever truth from Revelation, bring it huge. So at the end of these songs. The band is going to well it back up just with all the shouting, all the cheering, all the whistling, all the clapping, all the shouting out of any truth about Jesus. Make this roof rock as we bring it to a close. And all of God's people said, let me just pray here.